Welcome back to the Pastoring the Executive podcast. This podcast is focused on helping you succeed in three key areas of life. Alignment, helping align you with Christ, your family, and your health. Business, helping you to build a business that both thrives with you and scales with you. And legacy, helping you to build a legacy that's centered on finishing well. Enjoy. Our conversation today is on the topic of loneliness. So here's where we're going today. We're going to talk about what happens when we're lonely. What does the Bible have to say about loneliness? And what are some practical ways to get victory over loneliness? So the first question is, you know, what happens when we are lonely? And is it normal uh, to be lonely? It's a question that many people ask, and it's important for all of us to understand a couple of things, that it's important to normalize the struggle because here's the reality. Everyone, young or old, single or married, is going to experience loneliness. No one is exempt from this. But we got to be careful. we got to be careful in our efforts to normalize the struggle and not to minimize the pain of loneliness because it's real. So we can normalize the struggle, yes, but do not minimize the pain of loneliness. So what happens, uh, you know, when we're lonely? What happens when you're lonely? Well, the obvious answer to that is it depends. You know, I would suggest that we would consider asking the why question. You know, the why question being, you know, why are we lonely. Why, why are you lonely? Uh, consider some of these types of things. I just call it the has something happened. You know, you ask why and then you ask, you know, has something happened? You know, sometimes uh, we're lonely because we're grieving. You know, there's a loss of a loved one. Uh, sometimes it's chronic illness. Uh, sometimes uh, we're lonely because if you're in business, and many of you are, you know, maybe a key team member has decided to leave your organization. It always hurts when you leave, when you lose a key team member. Maybe you moved into a new new city, new town, and you know, the kids are struggling. Maybe you're struggling, wife's struggling, you know. Or maybe this, you know, maybe business isn't so good right now. and You're struggling a little bit and you're unable to provide for your team members uh, the way that you would like to. Or maybe even provide for your family. It could be a tough season. Or, you know, here's one, uh, uh, an obvious one is maybe there's uh, marital problems that are uh, that are going on uh, in your life. So we got to ask the question, you know, what's going on? Can we identify maybe the reason or reasons why we are, are lonely? Loneliness is, it's an, it's an emotional, painful sense of not being connected others. I had a mentor of mine tell me, and I thought it was so helpful. He said, you know, Charlie, uh, the gospel is a community project. I learned that when I was in business. And let's think about that for a second, that the gospel is a community project. In other words, we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to live out the gospel with people. Yes, differently, depending upon who these people are in relation to you. But loneliness, again, the definition is an emotional, painful sense of not being connected to others. Sometimes it's because we're unmarried. And uh, sometimes we equate that being unmarried means unwanted. Or, or, or maybe, 
you know, we're married, but yet we've got this fear of divorce or maybe fear of failure in the relationship, and that uh, leads to us being uh, lonely. Uh, perhaps for you and a lot of uh, business uh, executives and business owners feel this way. Let me share it with you. They feel like they got no one to talk to you. Uh, it has been said that there are times where it seems lonely to lead. And, and what are you going to do? You're going to share, you know, uh, you know, what's on your heart or what's in your head to one of your team members. Well, I don't recommend that. Uh, so, you know, sometimes we feel like we have no one uh, to talk to, and that is some of the reasons why we, we feel lonely. But when we are lonely, you know, we're typically dealing with a plethora of emotions. I think that's an understatement. And, and here's something we need to, to, to think about or really consider. We need to handle these emotions before our emotions handle us. Now, you do know the type of emotions that I'm talking about, right? I'm not talking about when you stub your toe or I'm talking about when it's really hitting the fan and you're, you're just being welled up in your mind. You know, you're just, you're just emotional. Uh, there's so much going on and, and emotions sometimes they'll, they'll chew you up. They'll spit you out. They'll spit you out. Uh, if you don't work through them. So it's important to work through the emotions. And oftentimes, if they're not dealt with, one of the manifestations of that is, is uh, one being lonely. But I do think it's, it's just important to pause and, and just really consider. Consider this. What does the Bible say about loneliness? You might be surprised uh, that the Bible has so much to say. Remember King David? Well, King David said this in Psalm 62, 5, David's soul waited in silence for God alone. He was waiting for God alone. He went right to the Lord. He waited for the Lord. He, he felt alone and he wanted to wait for God alone. It also says in Psalm 142, 4, that there was no other person who took notice of him or took care of his soul again. What about Asaph, uh, depicted for us in Psalm 73, 25 and 26? Here's what Asaph said. He said, it said, Asaph had no one on earth or in the heaven besides God. That's a significant thing. I mean, he he's alone. Remember, this is depicting loneliness by some of the heroes uh, in the faith. What about Paul? It says this about Paul in 2 Timothy 4.10, and also we could say 2 Timothy 4.16 and 17. I'll summarize. All of Paul's friends abandoned him. It's lonely when your friends abandon you, and Paul knew what that felt like. As a matter of fact, after saying all my friends had deserted him or abandoned him, he says, it was only the Lord who stood by me during my first trial. Paul knew what it was like to be alone. <laughs> what about Elijah and that famous uh, story in 1 Kings 19.10? It says that Elijah was, in, was of great distress. He believed that he was alone in serving the Lord. You know, Elijah is fascinating to me. 
Because during this time in history, he's coming off a massive victory on Mount Carmel. Yet almost immediately after this massive victory, we find Elijah. Scriptures declare that he's wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. Consider what it says in 1 Kings 19, verses 4 and 5. It said, Elijah sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. (laughs) He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. Then it says that Elijah laid down and he slept under the broom tree. He's not only lonely, but Elijah is desperate. And sometimes our loneliness exacerbates itself and starts leading into some other things. And uh, Elijah certainly is uh, in that in that case. And sometimes business can be a lot like that. You know, like Elijah, there's these highs and lows. One day you're on the mountaintop or you're celebrating a victory. And then the next day you're you're down. You know, you're up one day, you're down the next, or up one quarter, down the next. And if you feel like that, uh, know that you are certainly in good company. You're not alone. But there's so much loneliness in the Bible. So many of God's people are lonely. And the verses I just read to you, they prove that God's people do get lonely. The Bible said that says that Jesus himself, Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus understood loneliness. Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 50, said that those closest to Jesus deserted him. Jesus understood loneliness. Remember what happened with Peter? Uh, Peter denied Jesus, John 18, 15 through 18. And Judas betrayed him. The Lord himself knew what it was like to be deserted and what it was like to be betrayed by someone that you love. love. And that causes loneliness at times. It hurts. It hurts when these things happen. So Jesus understands loneliness. So here's a question. You know, why is it significant? Why is it significant that Scripture teaches us that Jesus was also lonely? Well, there are numerous reasons on why it's significant. But number one on the list is simply this, that Jesus can relate with us. He made us, and he relates with us. Consider what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 4, verses 15 through 16, speaking about Jesus and how he can relate to us. It says, For we do not have a high priest, this would be Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are yet, without sin. Therefore, let us, it's good news here, let us, let you and I, let the lonely approach the throne of grace with boldness so that, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So there's a 
a promise here, but there's a command here. Like, this is beautiful. God is saying, come to me. Receive what I have for you. Receive it. Come to me. Approach the throne room of grace with boldness, with confidence, and come and receive what I have for you. Come and receive my mercy and find grace because when you come to me, you're going to get the help that you need in your time of need. You and I are lonely people uh, at times, not always, but at all times, we're a needy people. We're designed this way. We're designed to be connected to our Lord and to be connected with one another. John Piper says this. He says, we can easily translate, again, speaking about Hebrews 4, uh, verses 15 through 16, he says, we can easily translate this, help us in times of loneliness. John Piper is right. Now, Jesus, though, don't, don't miss this, beloved. Jesus sympathize with us, and Jesus understands lonely people, so says the Word of God. I want you to think for a moment and go back to that garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was alone. And as he was alone, Jesus was sorrowful. His friends were not there for, for him. He's abandoned. He's in need. He, he wants his friends. And Scripture declares that, but his friends aren't around. The great Baptist preacher, Adrian Rogers, weighing in on the subject, said, When no one else understands... When no one else understands, he does. And if everyone else fails you, he will not. Jesus alone is the answer to loneliness. How precious is that? Brothers and sisters, let me share with you some, some ways that, that you and I can get victory over loneliness. Number one, ask God to help. I mean, go to him. Ask him to help you with your loneliness. Call it what it is. Shoot straight. God, I'm lonely. I'm needy tonight. Number two, ask God to give you clarity on how he is using this time in your life for your good. Ask God that question. Lord, how are you using this? What's the message in this? What are you teaching me? Ask God to give you clarity on how he is using this loneliness for your good. And then I just, in reminder, a reminder for all of us, remind yourself of the following during times of great neediness or loneliness. Remind yourself that God is good all the time that God is strong all the time, that God is in control all the time, and that God is present in this very moment of loneliness. Remember this, beloved, when life is hard, God is still good. What about this question? What are some practical ways that I can get victory over loneliness. Well, here's some practical ways. And uh, again, not all of these we're going to find in God's word, but they're practical. Uh, and number one would be get some sleep. I mean, get real sleep. I mean, where you're sleeping all the way through. 
Uh, number two, eat well. Uh, you may It may be time for you to change uh, your diet. You could uh, be at the appropriate weight and still be not healthy. And some of us that uh, are carrying a few extra pounds, we're well aware of it, but what are you willing to do about it? So sleep, eat well, change your diet. Number three, go for walks. Go for walks, you know, not just for exercise, but also for your mind. Get outside, walk around. Number four, prayer partner. Find someone that you can pray with. Pray with that person. Share what's going on. Let Have someone bear your burdens with one another. Go to the Lord. Here's one that's going to be hard for, for most to do, but just turn off the TV. Turn it off for a long period of time. Maybe even consider one year. I don't want to be legalistic or moralistic, but you know how much time would you get back if you turned off your TV or turned off uh, maybe your iPhone? You know, here's a good practice: turn your iPhone or your cell phone off after a certain time, maybe seven o'clock. Uh, put that iPhone, uh, put turn off the iPhone, and then put on something. So put off, right? Paul taught us that, and then put on. So put off the the iPhone. And put on something that nourishes your soul. What is that? What are some things that you can do to replace that time where you're holding your <laughs> your iPhone like it's a loved one and find something else that actually nourishes your soul? We call that soul care. Here's a big one. Change your focus. Change your focus. And this is the word of God. Proverbs 11.25 says, Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Maybe turn your focus to someone else and bless them. The Bible says those who refresh others, you yourselves will be refreshed. Here's something to consider. It's practical, but don't isolate. Don't isolate yourself. Put off isolation and put on community. Be around people. Put off being the one that's being served and be a person that goes and serves others. And here's one. Stand. Stand on the promises of God. You can't stand on the promises of God if you don't know what the promises are. So maybe re-familiarize yourself with what those promises are. But let me give you a phenomenal promise. I mean, this is a good one. This is a heavy hitter. And it's found for us in Isaiah Chapter 41, verse 10. Here's what it says, beloved. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. I want you to notice the eyes that are depicted in that precious, uh, those precious verses. The Lord God Almighty is saying to you, beloved, he's saying to me, he's saying to the lonely, I am with you. He says, I am your God. I will help you and I will hold on to you. Beloved, loneliness is a part of life. Uh, It's normal. However, it's painful. So remember what we talked about earlier. Yes, uh, it's, it's, it's normal, okay? It's normal to be lonely. But we must not minimize the pain of loneliness. 
All of us need someone to talk to. If you're in business, you may find it hard to find people that you can open up with and and, and really talk to, to share your burdens, to share what's on your heart, to talk strategy, to to share things uh, maybe when it's not good news. You know, it's hard to go to a team member, even a key team member, and say, look, you know, not feeling good about the future. Or it could be something along the lines of, you know, a marriage challenge. You know, sometimes the people we talk to, they're different people depending on the subject matter. But the key is we need to talk. We need to talk to uh, someone because loneliness is real. But loneliness is good. God can use loneliness. He can use it for our good. The key, though, is to understand that we're going through it and to put our hand up and watch what God does in and through the loneliness. Remember, you are never, ever alone. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're a business executive looking to not only scale your business, but your faith as well, we'd love to connect with you. Please email charlie at pastoringtheexecutive.com. Thank you.